So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Hey everybody, what's up? It's Sathya Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you are having a phenomenal day doing whatever it is that you're doing right now. You might be working, maybe you're driving your car, going for a run, working out, maybe you're just chilling. Um, but whatever it is, I hope you've been productive and, um, and I hope that whatever you're doing is in line with your God-given purpose. You know, uh, we talk a lot about this on the podcast and we even have an interview coming up about this, I think in uh, maybe a week and a half. And it's all just about like what most of this boils down to, you know, what we do at Deep Clean. And, um, you know, I think for me, like what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life is just helping people live lives that are actually meaningful and fulfilling. And for us, we've just observed that porn is probably the biggest barrier that stops Christian men, especially from experiencing freedom in their lives, uh, you know, freedom to be themselves, freedom to pursue their dreams and the confidence to do that as well. So we're going at it. We're going at it head on. And, um, you know, we probably won't always be uh, specifically or I guess exclusively about um, porn addiction. Uh, we're going to work on, you know, tackling other areas that seem to trip guys up as well from fulfilling their callings and their goals. But uh, this is where we've started. And um, I'm, I'm really, I'm just excited about what we're doing here. And I'm excited that you're listening in today. Um, I'm going to jump right into content. I don't really have much to promote. Um, although I will just mention, if you haven't got a copy of the Ultimate Recovery Guide yet, you need to do that. You need to go to ultimaterecoveryguide.com. You literally just have to give your email and it gives you a free ebook with some of our best practices for getting free and staying free long term. It's an easy read. It probably will take you 10 to 15 minutes to go through the whole thing. Um, it could take you a whole year to execute everything in there. Um, it's pretty dense and the things we suggest do take time, but it is uh, well worth it. And um, if you haven't got your hands on it yet, you need to do that. What we're talking about today is the broken link between sexual interest and orientation. This is a really important subject. Let, let's just be straight. Like in today's society, I mean, I don't know where you're listening from. Um, we live in a very secular, liberal country. We're in Canada. Um, our government is just particularly liberal. They're notably secular. And as a result, you know, it, it's reflecting in what we're observing in kind of the policies and um, I would say just the general climate, climate, that's not a word, climate of living, uh, of this country rather. So that, that's really interesting, you know, and, and I guess what I'm observing um, is we're seeing tons around the subject of uh, the LGBTQ community, um, cross-dressing, um, I would say the transgender subject specifically has become quite prevalent of late and there's really no end in sight. Now, the reality is, at least across the Canadian population and um, presumably across the American population as well, the, the amount of people that actually fall into the LGBTQ community is probably less than 5%. Um, 
I the last stat I heard was two and a half percent, but that was a while back, so I'm not fully confident in that one. But um, it's a very very small percentage. But um, there's a lot of conversation. Like they they are small but mighty, and I'm I'm not saying they in like an adversarial way, but I just don't identify that way. So I have to make some sort of distinct distinction there. Um, but people in this community, I, I would say, are, are making uh, a loud noise about it, and you know. Um, there, there's some there's some good things to it for sure because um, it's certainly awakening us to just the realities of what people experience um, even just the thoughts and the desires people have in their lives and I think it also like more than ever in my opinion it speaks to the importance of identity and and how much this subject really matters and it's funny like when I made deep clean and I created the program and the curriculum you know, I, I obviously I tested it and I, I did my checks and balances before I released it to the public and started, you know, I guess scaling it and kind of rolling it out. But I, I've i learned things since and there's certain subjects that I think, oh yeah, you know, next time we do a course or the next program we create is definitely going to include this. Um, and maybe we'll take out that or, you know, like there's certain things that I, I feel like, yeah, I might, you know, I would mix it up next time and I would maybe try a bit more of this, a little less of that and whatever. But the one subject that for me is like very clearly necessary for any and every subject that we ever discuss, probably in the history of time, at least in the scope of my business and my practice, is the subject of identity, of who you are. Now, um, we, we don't, this is not like really actually about identity. Um, this is actually talking about sexual interest and sexual orientation. And you might hear that and say, but Sathya, um, sexual orientation is your identity or, or sexual interest is your identity. And I would say to you, no, it is not. Um, identity has never been, someone's identity has never been defined by their sexual orientation or their sexual interest. And that is kind of what I want to get into today. Uh, the the research shows, and and you know, the, I'm I'm always going to get on my soapbox at least a little bit about this. The research is limited, so if you're a researcher, like for goodness sake, please help a brother out. <laughs> Let's get some more research in this area because there's so much we still don't understand about porn addiction and sex addiction and all the sexual misbehaviors that come in this sort of umbrella of issues. But what we do know is that sexual interests are conditional. Pardon me, conditionable. That's probably not the right word, but you know what I mean. They can be, they are conditioned and changeable. So let's start there. Sexual interests are conditioned and changeable. Now, let me just give you a, a really simple example. Um, you might date somebody who has certain features. Got blonde hair, blue eyes, petite frame, whatever else. And let's say that you are sexually active. Okay, maybe, maybe you kind of do the classic like, mostly Christian approach where it's like, yeah, we're not going to have sex, but we're, we're kind of going to fool around a little bit. I don't think that's, sorry, when I said mostly Christian, just to clarify, I mean, what a majority of Christians do, I don't mean that's like mostly Christian in the pure form of being a Christian, um, just to clarify. But let's say you do that. Well, when you engage sexually with that individual of a certain, you know, they have certain features, she has certain features, that that engagement actually creates a association, a fusion in your brain that increases the appetite for somebody with those qualities and with those features. 
So a, a sexual interest is developed. Now, it might have already been there before. It likely was if you got to that point in the relationship. But by the time you're engaging sexually, you are now solidifying, cementing, and reinforcing that interest at a whole nother level. And what this tells us is that there's a malleability to our interest. Now, I experienced this myself. Like um, the, the qualities of the first person that I had any sexual experience with, they became qualities that I really looked for in partners. And they, it was probably there before, but it, it was just taken to another level once I got sexually active and engaged with that individual. And after the relationship ended, my interest had still formed and they still carried through beyond the scope of that, uh, of that dating relationship. So your sexual interests are, are conditioned and they're changeable. Now you might be saying, yes, Sathya, but there are certain things that were just in me um, from a young age. Let me ask you this, how young are we talking? Because um, for me, like I can remember the first time I had a sexual fantasy, I was probably four or five years old. So that's really, really young. And the fantasies even, they reveal some of my interests and some of my curiosities, but they also reinforce them. And so it, it, is, the, it is the repetition, it is, it is the accumulation of, of events, of engagements, of fantasies that, that tend to flavor, infuse, and solidify our interests. And I think this is really important to note because the reason that we fantasize and sometimes the reason we pursue sexual relationships is actually to satisfy parts of us that are broken or unhealed. Now, this is really critical information because um, one of the, uh, well, let me, let me think of the right way to say this, a prevalent issue that exists, um, especially among men in the Christian community, is viewing same-sex porn. That's really common. Way more common than you probably think. It's the sort of same-sex attraction. Okay, now this is the important statement. This is the important thing to take away from this. Just because you watch same-sex porn doesn't mean you are homosexual. Now, this is not like some evangelical Christian stance. In fact, this... The content of today's episode is extracted from a book called Your Brain on Porn by Dr. Gary Wilson. I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to get it. There's literally like you can strip aside the morality or the religiosity of it. What his research found was that people who watched same-sex porn were not necessarily of same-sex orientation. So that's really interesting because... What society is kind of presenting is that your interests reveal your identity. And if not your identity, at the very least, your orientation. But the research is showing that actually there are a majority of people who will engage in same-sex porn, which means they obviously have same-sex thoughts and some same-sex attraction. But their, their actual orientation, what actually excites them, their actual wiring and their genuine purified interests are not homosexual in nature. So this is important content to really think about. So maybe, you know, some people just convince themselves like, well, I must be gay because, 
You know, when I watch two guys engaging in sexual activity, that really, you know, causes arousal. But as we know about even just the, the nature of our sexual pursuits, pursuits and desires is that what you are seeking in sex is often revealing deficiencies within yourself. So same-sex porn might offer a, a sense of camaraderie, a sense of, of male-to-male connection that is actually void from your life. And that might have been how it started when you were young. Maybe you got bullied. You likely got bullied by somebody of the same sex as you. So the, the disconnect, right? The pain, the, the confusion of like, why can I not form a healthy bond with somebody of the same sex could then leak into your fantasies. It could leak into your viewership and cause you to seek out that kind of male-male bonding elsewhere. And then it gets reinforced over time and eventually develops into an identity. And that, that is, to me, the, the huge travesty of this whole conversation it is that what, what starts with something which is simply us just seeking to, to really feel comforted and secure and, and to get some of the essentials that we need relationally to survive in this world and feel like we have a, a place and a purpose can actually be the, the starting point of us landing into some very dangerous identities and orientations that I, I personally just do not think are serving people very well. Let me give you another example here. Um, a very common viewing uh, palette, or um, actually, let me, let me think of it this way or phrase it this way. A very common uh, viewing progression is it starts off with images. So a guy just engages with porn by looking at images. The images eventually don't cut it. The images are all just kind of softcore stuff anyway. And so he starts to watch videos. They're just softcore videos originally, but then, you know, it's just one thing leads to another. He starts to watch more hardcore stuff. Well, when you, when you start to watch something new, there, there's this concept, which is that novelty and anxiety enhance pleasure. Yes, novelty and anxiety. There's actually an anxiety that comes from watching something new, something you haven't watched before. And so you, you might watch um, you know, hardcore for the first time. There's a novelty to it. There's a bit of an anxiety because it's, it's kind of shocking and it's a little bit intense. All of that works together to enhance the pleasure of that moment. And as a result, it, it sort of solidifies or, or conceals the experience. And your brain remembers how pleasurable it was, how much it enjoyed it, and it's going to want more of it. And then eventually, um, you know, the hardcore stuff between a man and a woman may not be enough either. And so you start to drift maybe to, uh, you know, same-sex porn, maybe to, um, I don't know, stuff that involves animals, bestiality. Like the viewership on that is surprisingly high. And the reason, it's not necessarily indicating that this is what you're into, what it might be indicating is that you have become desensitized and you had to seek out something different, something that was novel to enhance pleasure or to even just feel pleasure again. So while novelty and, and anxiety may enhance pleasure, 
they do not indicate someone's orientation. And, and I think somebody needs to hear that today, that you know, you're, just because you're watching same-sex porn doesn't mean you're gay. Your orientation is so separate from, from your interest in your porn viewership. And it's very common for heterosexual individuals to watch same-sex porn and vice versa. That was actually revealed in uh, Dr. Wilson's book. Is that, is that people who identified as being homosexual and were regularly in homosexual relationships, they watched heterosexual porn. So that alone should tell you something about how far and apart porn viewership and our orientation really are. There can be links, but it's not a guarantee. And uh, I think this is a really important subject to take in uh, because the, the, the whole conversation around gender, around identity, orientation, I, I mean, that is not going anywhere. And we would be wise to just get a little educated on the subject and to really think about it. You know, especially if you're in a position of leadership, um, you need to think about this because you're going to be leading people from the LGBTQ community. That, that community is growing and, um, and there is going to be more people who identify that way. And it's important, um, you know, that we're able to have the conversations, which we talked about in yesterday's episode a little bit. Um, and it's also important that you, you at least have some knowledge and some understanding. And if you yourself are watching uh, same-sex porn, I want you to know that there's layers to this thing. Um, don't, don't typecast yourself just based on what you watch. It, it, it might mean something, but it does not define you. It, it's not who you are. And if you can really, like if you can find somebody who will help you dig into this a little bit, I can pretty much guarantee you will find a much, uh, a much more interesting explanation for your interest that is completely separate from your identity and your orientation. Now, I, I would encourage you, you know, if you want, um, I'm, like I said, I'll put a link to the show notes of uh, Dr. Gary Wilson's book. Um, you know, to me, this book and uh, Jay Stringer's Unwanted are probably the, the most basic required reading that, uh, that we could offer to somebody who wants to grow in this area. Um, those are two resources that come from very different angles, but they both have their relevance and their place today in this conversation and certainly for anybody who wants to recover and just sort of better understand the recovery journey. So I'll put the link in the show notes. I highly encourage you to check it out and I really do hope it's a blessing to you. I want to thank you so much for listening today and um, if you do know somebody you know who is struggling um, with same-sex attraction, uh, maybe somebody who is even um, you know of a different orientation, uh, someone who's transgendered, um, it'd be interesting like to see what they think about this. Um, you know, I probably get maimed, to be honest, when I think about it, but um, that's okay. I can handle that. But um, you know, if you know people that might be interested, people you can dialogue with, share this with them. Have some conversations. Um, that's what's going to really help us refine where we stand on these matters. And it's going to expose the areas where maybe we're not educated enough and maybe we need to do a little bit more homework and learn things a little bit more. Um, regardless, I really hope this has encouraged you. I hope it helps you live a life of confidence and integrity. I'm cheering you on. Much love to you guys. Have an amazing day. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Sophia again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a rating or review on your podcast platform. Now, I want to take this final moment to invite you to something that I'm really excited about. 
our deep clean VIP community. Here's the deal. We saw that in this space of manhood, sexuality, and faith, there are a lot of unasked questions. They range from relationships to sex to male anatomy, calling, career, and everything in between. We create a deep clean VIP for men like you who want regular coaching from me, VIP access to our podcast guests, where you get to interact with some of the world's leading experts in men's health, a monthly seminar, and a community of men from around the world pursuing success in life and integrity in sexuality. Deep Clean VIP provides answers to your deepest questions, hope for a full recovery, and the necessary tools to make that full recovery a reality. If you're ready to take things to the next level, I want you to stop what you're doing right now and sign up for Deep Clean VIP at www.sathiasam.com slash deepcleanvip. The link is in the show notes, but let me give it one more time. That's www.sathiasam.com slash deepcleanvip. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.